0: Hello, welcome to Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church's Faith Lab podcast. We are glad that you've found your way to us, no matter where you are and what you're doing. Each week here on this podcast, uh, members of the Selwyn Avenue staff gather to have a quick discussion uh, with a text of, of the Bible. Right now, we are walking with Jesus through the gospel of Mark, And yesterday marked the beginning of the Lenten season on Ash Wednesday. And so now we are walking towards Jerusalem. Our story today is a familiar one. I'm sure you've heard it more than once. And yet our hope for today is that what you hear will be new and engaging and speak to you in a way that is meaningful and sustaining uh, as As you listen to this today, we're glad you're with us. We're going to be reading from the gospel of Mark, the story of Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000 and I invite Nancy Nancy to read that scripture
1: now or Ashley. Ashley, will you read it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is verses um, 30 through 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place, all by yourselves and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties, taking the loaves of bread and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them and all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of all the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men.
2: Thanks, Ashley. I, this is Margot. I love this text because I love the invitational nature that kind of comes with this story. Um, Jesus, um, Jesus invites everyone to kind of roll up their sleeves and be a part of it. And that's something that I like. This story's familiar to a lot of us and it's a favorite, I think, for a lot of Christians. Um, it's a feel-good miracle story. Um, but I think it's funny, they were like really tired. <laughs> and G- they'd been traveling with Jesus and he had been performing this, these miracles. And they were still like kind of questioning and doubting. And then this miracle kind of comes and all these people who had come to the, this deserted, isolated place were hungry. And, um, and Jesus says, uh, you give them something to eat. Um, and I think that that line in this text is really, um, he says, you bring me what you have seat the people down in groups, like you seat them down, you give them these bread, you give them these feet, these fish, um, and then you gather up the leftovers. So he's inviting the disciples to participate in the miracle. And I think that that's something that's really interesting and unique about about this story.
3: Hey, Margot, this is Lisa. I'm going to jump in here now because as Ashley was reading the text, I heard a line in it that I've really never noticed before. And it was right at the very beginning where the disciples were telling Jesus all that they had done, right? And I can't help but think that um, as disciples today, we're still a little bit like that, right? Like, Jesus, look at all I have done, right? I have contributed to my pledge, and I have given to goodwill, and I have, you know, Jesus, look at all I've done, and and they're tired, and they feel like they've done their share for the day, and they're, okay, that's good, but yet, look, we still have all of these people who are here, and they don't have what they need. They're hungry. Can you just send them on? Can you just send them on their way, Jesus, so we don't have to deal with this anymore? And, you know, we still feel like that sometimes today, and yet Jesus says, no, what do you have? you feed them. I've provided you enough, right? What you, what I have, have put on this planet is enough for y'all. You feed them. And so, yes, it's a feel good miracle story, but, but Jesus basically says, your bread and fish. I've provided this earth what you need to feed your neighbors. You get to it, get to feeding them. So he invites them in to, to sort of share what they have. And yet, that's, you know, that's still what we need to do today, right? Like, if we all cleaned out our own pantries, we could feed the whole city of Charlotte easily, right? And so, yes, they're being invited in, um, but he also has to shift their mindset of, yeah, thanks for telling me all that you've done. Keep at it, people.
2: Yeah,
0: Lisa, I don't, (laughs) these are my kind of disciples because um, I'm not sure he does shift their mind minds. Honestly, I I think they're telling Jesus all they've done. They hadn't eaten, they're tired, they're hungry, and they are telling Jesus the way things really are. You know, Jesus, we need for you to be aware of the fact that we are out here in a desert and it's the end of the day and we're tired. And so whatever you're thinking is impossible. It shouldn't happen. It's not going to happen. And then Jesus lets them know otherwise, you know? And even, even after he, he fed 5,000, I hate that the text says men, because I mean, there's gotta be some babies and women around, right? But thank you to the author who failed to mention them. Um, one, one thing to note is that that probably means they're more than 5,000 people. That if they're only counting the men, then that means there could have been 12,000 or or 15,000 people. But anyway, um, what's lacking from the disciples besides fish and bread uh, is is also um, belief and faith that Jesus is who Jesus says he is even as they're watching this thing unfold, even as they're encountering encountering Jesus, they still have trouble believing it.
4: Yeah, this is Nancy. uh, Echoing what what both uh, Lori and Lisa said, this is the stuff that we do. I mean, they even complain. Are you talking about us taking this 200 denarii and going and buying? And that's what we do. We worry about how much things are going to cost and how we're going to do it. And And in the end, Jesus speaks it. He speaks it, and they begin to pass it out. And sometimes with the Lord, we don't know exactly what he's going to do, but we trust that um, in the end, he's going to take care of it, and things that are impossible, seemingly impossible, actually happen. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Thanks. I think um, I loved when Lisa said, you know, like if we, if we were to empty all our pantries, we could, re, you know, feed all of Charlotte. And that um, this text mirrors a lot in the Old Testament, too. Um, and I think, you know, in, in scripture, a lot of times we see symbolism um, through n- numbers. Um, and so I, I like to think about this text um, in line with, with creation and the creation story. And so, you know, like the, the five loaves and the two fishes, like there, there's symbolism in that five and two being seven, talking about seven days of creation and thinking back to the way when, when God formed the earth um, and created everything in it and called it good. Um, there were plants and there were vegetables and there were trees and there were creatures and there were humans and then there were human beings and, and everything had enough like that's, that everything had enough is kind of something that I really love about creation stories. And that I think about when I think about this text, and I think about this eating together metaphor, this making sure that people are fed. Um, And that's something that I, I really, I really like about this too.
3: This is Lisa again. I hear you Margo. Um, You know, sometimes in the moments where I'm daydreaming and thinking about mission and thinking about our church and opportunities and possibilities, you know, I can't help but think, you know, okay, if we're, if Jesus is here with us today, and Jesus is, right, but what, what would he tell us to do, right, like, how would he, how would he tell us to do this, and and it would look a whole lot more like, yeah, at all you churches, where is your pantry, and why aren't you, pulling all that stuff out in the parking lot every weekend or on Tuesdays and having people come by and fill up and take what they need. And, you know, someone's off to a great start doing that, right, just trying to to keep our pantry stocked. But like, I think about that tent city uptown, right? That's having to be evacuated for rat infestation, right? Like what if every church in Charlotte housed one homeless unit? a person or a family, like we've got all these empty buildings, what if every church just housed one, right, we've got more churches in Charlotte than we have homeless people probably, and um, you know, it's that mind, sh- mind shift that Jesus is trying to do, you do it, right, like we're here doing the work of Christ, he has empowered us as disciples to to do these things, um, And and yet those disciples in the Bible don't get it, and we often don't, or we get it, and then we forget, or we resist. Um, and yet, if if he trusted those disciples in scripture that we read about with the church, like, surely we're trustworthy to, to help feed as well.
0: Lisa, thank you for that. I was going to mention the tent city, which is I know, been bothering making a lot of us... Um, worried and upset in, in questioning how we respond, um, to those are hundred people, you know, that have been living in that tent city, which represent, you know, there's another 2,900 <laughs> that are also experiencing homelessness in Charlotte. So it's real. Um, I, I want to say one thing about this story and all the stories of Jesus healing and, in, in in performing miracles, which your Moltman um, would say that um, Jesus's miracles and healings, along with his prophetic teaching, are the two most important uh, signs of God's reign um, on the near. That they represent that God's near, that God's kingdom and God's reign is upon us now. And so... It's not simply that these 5,000 or 12,000 people were fed, but it's also that Jesus has totally overhauled the status quo, the system per se. So when you talk about the tent city, um, there's the, this is radical um, act uh, that Jesus performs that overhauls the way things normally happen for those people who were part of that society at that moment. And then it, it, they're always changed. They're forever transformed by that experience and that encounter. So what does that look like for us Like right now? What does that look like for Texas right now? What does that look like for our city and our church? right now.
1: Yeah. Thank you um, for mentioning that. This is Ashley. I think. um, Oh yeah. I just completely lost my train of thought. Um, The thing that I think I get personally wrapped up in with uh, the miracle story sometimes is that it happened right then and there. Um, So when God calls us to a task, when um, we say, you know, we're looking for where his reign is and where he is. Um, It's steps that we have to take every day. Um, And I think sometimes I want things to happen immediately um, in the moment. I want to see it come to fruition from start to finish. In reality, it's the, the small steps of daily discipleship. Um, And I think we see that in this story, it just happens a lot quicker than, you know, what we may experience in our own lives. Um, But with, with the tent city, um, the ways that folks are helping out the individuals in Texas, um, you know, the ongoing fight against racism, people are doing things day in and day out. Um, And I think it's those, those small things that you do every day um, that further the reign of God. And like in this, the disciples are weary. They're tired. We've been in a pandemic for almost a year now. Everybody's weary. Everybody's tired, but don't forget that God gives us gifts and, and gives abundantly. Um, and it's okay to feel totally worn out and, and, um, you know, feeling like you don't have more to give, but your presence just being here and, and, and the ways that you serve, um, at work, your children, the church, um, whatever, you know, communities and and groups you're involved in matter. And that's why God can, and Jesus continue to call to us saying, no, you, you do it. (laughs) Um, so just, yeah, God's, God's grace is always abundant.
2: Thanks for that, Ashley. I think that's, That's so important. And, you know, the the diversity of experience that everyone's going through right now, for some people, God's abundance is really hard to find these days, right? And for others, not so much. And so that's why when we talk about discipleship as a church, we talk about it in this broad spectrum, right? It's not always like, please write us a large check. (laughs) It's also like, that up but 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 we don't say no to that but it's um <laughs> it's you know when we've got those you know it's also like when you're cleaning out your pantry drop off your canned beans on the front porch so that we can deliver those foods to family for Easter um and it's it's a diverse way to participate and i think that that's why when we talk about god's abundance and we acknowledge that not everyone is Is necessarily feeling it or seeing it as clearly as others. I think it's really easy for us to say, like, I'm overwhelmed, just not right now. Like, I just like I'll pick it up next month. I'm sorry, I missed the deadline. I couldn't. I forgot. I left. You know, left it by my front door. (laughs) Like those. we, We. That's just. That's life these days. But it really is when we think about, and that's what's so beautiful about this the one fish, the one loaf of bread, (laughs) the way it multiplies, the way there's leftovers, the ways that one thing leads to another and kind of sparks something else in another person and how you may never know when that's going to happen. I think that that's always something to remember with discipleship. And um, because sometimes it feels like I can't do that big offering. I can't bring those like seven bags of groceries, you know, but but you're one little chunk of bread, like you're one little piece of fish. You know, those are the things Jesus is talking about in this uh, in this story.
3: Yeah, thanks, Margot. This is Lisa again. You know, just sort of connecting what you and Ashley both just said. You know, when we think about the whole tent city, it is overwhelming, right? And when we think about, you know, how many hungry people we have in the city of Charlotte, it's overwhelming. Um, and, you know, we would like one quick miracle to wipe it all out. Right. And, you know, homelessness and hunger are two big issues that someone, you know, tends to focus on in our mission efforts. But, you know, 43 people were moved out of homelessness into housing in January through roof above and the efforts there. Right. So for 43 people, that was that was a quick miracle. Right. Um, and you know, uh, they move in, and these welcome home kits that we're collecting items for, like that's a miracle, right? Your your one laundry basket or your one set of sheets turns into, you know, feeding of the five thousand, right? Your 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 food pantry items, that one can of beans that you forgot to drop off two weeks ago. Well, you bring them next week, and now it's a it's two giant bags of groceries for a family that' kids are out of school for a week. Um, and, and I just think, you know, uh, Jesus has empowered us to do these things, and it may seem overwhelming, um, but it it does turn in to a big effort, little by little.
2: Thanks, Lisa. I think for for those who are feeling, overwhelmed and are having a hard time of seeing God's abundance. And then for those on the other side of it, um, we're still invited to come to the table per se together. And so, um, with that thinking about this Sunday, um, it's been on my mind a lot, this Sunday's youth Sunday. So you're all invited to, to come to worship and to worship with us virtually and to see the ways that, um, that our youth, the gifts and the talents of our youth, and the ways that they're showing up to praise God and to lead us in worship, um, and it's also a communion Sunday, and so we're all invited to the table on Sunday. And when I think about the Eucharist, uh, this this story helps us think about Eucharist and think about communion and that sacrament that we take together, um, and the feasting. Like I love feasting imagery when we talk about communion, and so this Sunday, we're invited to come and to to see God's abundance and to see grace and to come to the table and to be fed and to be filled. Um, And so I hope that um, I hope you all will join us on Sunday as we continue to, as the youth really continue to dive into this text um, and lead us in worship. Um, And um, I'm going to have a little question for us all to think about before Nancy prays for us. Um, But as you kind of go about your days up to Sunday or whenever you're listening to this podcast, um, I encourage you to think about the places in your life where Jesus might be saying, not my bread, your bread. Um, The ways where Jesus is inviting you to participate in the miracle, um, for you to participate in the feeding. Um, So Nancy, will will you pray for us?
4: Absolutely, absolutely, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this Lenten season that we have a time to reflect on our lives, Lord. And we have time to remember the many sacrifices that you have made for us. We, we thank you for your abundance. Um, we know some are not feeling it. We just ask that you continue to guide and direct us on how to help our neighbors, to be at table with our neighbors, to show us how we can be part of the feeding of the 5,000, just as Jesus pulled his own disciples into this, that we would be disciples that are willing to take on the things that Christ wants us to. We ask that you uh, be with us this weekend as we receive the message from the youth. We thank you so much for the many hours that went into the preparation for this Sunday, and we are just so grateful for um, the children of this church and for the leadership that they receive. We ask you to bless all of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. See you on Sunday.